0: podcast from Impact 89 FM,
1: WDBM East Lansing.
2: Welcome to Impact Exposure. Exposure is 88.9 The Impact's one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community.
3: And now tonight's exposure. Welcome to Impact Exposure. I am your host, Emily Fox, and since Thanksgiving is just around the corner, I've decided to dedicate the show to Michigan food companies. Uh, tonight we'll be hearing from uh, someone from Guido's Pizza, Great Lakes Chocolate and Coffee Company, uh, Plainville Farms, in which you can get organic turkeys that are sold at Goodrich's ShopRite, as well as Food for Living's. I'll be also talking with someone from the Cherry Republic, Grand Traverse Pie Company, American Spoon, and finally Michigan Brewing Company. But first in the studio, I have Steve, the owner of Okemos's, uh Guido's Pizza, along, along with his mother, Bonnie, welcome to the show. Good to be here.
4: Thank you. Good to be here.
3: So Guido's Pizza is indeed a Michigan company.
5: Yes, it's a Detroit-based area franchise.
3: And and what's different about yours is you also offer the gluten-free option for some of your pizzas, correct? Cor- correct. And, and why do you think that's important?
5: Uh, there's a need for it. Um, in our uh, community there's a lot of people who are diagnosed with celiac disease and a lot of people who have a uh, weed allergies and uh, it's also uh, it's starting to get uh, some play with uh, people who have children with down syndrome and autism Uh, supposedly it helps with their learning abilities
3: now, for for those people unfamiliar with um, maybe what gluten-free allergy is, it's the um, allergy to gluten, which is found in wheat, barley, and rye, and it uh, damages the villi of the small intestine and interferes with the absorption of the nutrients from food. Um, when you know someone ingests gluten, which is found again in wheat, barley, and rye, and and Bonnie, you you actually um, have celiac disease, which may have influenced you, Steve, to have the uh, gluten-free pizza. And
4: so does my husband. And so when Steve, I was telling him, I said, gee, if you could just make a great-tasting, you know, gluten-free pizza, it would be wonderful because uh, my husband and I, since we've gone gluten-free, we both feel really good, but we are desperate for good-tasting food because it's hard to eat without having any gluten in your diet. You really have to change so much. You even have to change, for example, I have a little video on YouTube about how to make your own gluten-free baking powder. And there's gluten in vanilla. gluten is hidden in so many food products that so for steve to be able to create a gluten-free pizza just is fabulous for people who have the disease
3: and and for having this gluten allergy and talking about a good tasting gluten-free pizza what do most i guess gluten-free products taste like in comparison to chalk or cardboard you pretty much get your choice in the range between chalk and cardboard interesting and and i know that this they've a lot of companies have been popping up with the gluten-free option. Do you think when you're, when you're shopping for gluten-free food, is it still hard to find, or do you find it easier now? Well, even Betty
4: Crocker's now offering a baking mix I see at Meijer. But part of the challenge is it's quite expensive usually. I mean, it is much more expensive food because uh, uh, of the flours that have to be used. They're more exotic flours. I've learned the mysteries of everything from amaranth flour to almond flour and tapioca flour. But Steve has a secret recipe. He won't even tell me what's in the flour that he uses.
3: Oh, and I I also should mention tonight, um, since uh, again, Thanksgiving is around the corner, we um, will also be uh, giving away um, some gift certificates to Guido's Pizza so if you call in to 432 um 3893, you can come up and pick up those those um, gift certificates and today's winner will receive again a gift certificate courtesy of Guido's Premium Pizza of Okemos located at 1754 Central Park Drive for more information including an entirely gluten-free menu can be found at www.guido'spizza.com or by calling 517 347 Three zero three seven or three zero three zero. Excuse me. And the impact would like to thank Guido's Premium Pizza of Okemos for their continuing support. So, if anyone like, would like a taste of this gluten-free pizza, <laughs> whether or not you have celiac disease or not, um, you can call in again four three two three eighty nine three. But besides the gluten-free pizza, what other things do you offer? at your We do
5: show? offer a, a traditional uh, pizza. Uh, Hand tossed and in uh, square type pizzas. It's uh, based on a kind of a Detroit recipe though, which makes us stand out from the uh, uh, the competition or the other franchises.
3: Now, what's what's a Detroit recipe? So, let's say when I go to. Uh, Chicago, they have like those deep dish pizzas. So what is... What and,
5: and we- which ours is uh, based on, uh, it, it is a deep dish, but it's not like a pie. It's uh, the dough that we create, we let it rise in the pans for 24 hours. And, uh, and th- then we create our uh, our own in-house sauce, our own blends of cheese, and uh, everything's done uh, done fresh. Basically, I tell people what makes us different from the other guys is we make pizza like they did 30-40 years ago um, without a without a lot of processing basically
3: and and will you guys be open on Thanksgiving
5: no but we will be open late Thanksgiving uh, Eve I guess you would call it
3: And I'm just curious, I was, um, I had to watch a movie for my um, teacher education class, and in one of the scenes in the movie um, from this book called Speak, that's also a um, film, was there's just this scene where where this girl just has Thanksgiving with her mom and dad, and every year her mom ruins Thanksgiving dinner, and they always, always order pizza.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I have had several requests over the last week for pizza for Thanksgiving Day, but usually there's not enough Uh, customers out there to justify keep uh, hanging out all day but what I've offered to do for them is I will power bake a pizza uh, uh, Wednesday evening they can pick it up and then uh, they can bake it the rest of the way themselves come Thursday
3: and and with this again this issue of the the gluten-free diet um, and you guys having the gluten-free option at your Guido's Pizza which is unique from the other Guido's um, stores around Michigan um, is it? Um, do do a lot of other stores have that? Do other pizza shops around Michigan have that option?
5: From what I've looked into, or for what I I keep checking online all the time, GlutenFreeRegistry.com is a good source uh, for finding gluten-free restaurants in the state of Michigan. And every and you voluntarily put yourself on this website, and then you open yourself up to your customers' critiques, and uh, um, and. There's about 18 restaurants in the Detroit area. There's a couple in Grand Rapids. I'm the only one in mid-Michigan. And, and But I do get a lot of people that travel over an hour and a half one way to come here to eat.
4: Wow. And the only one that does fresh as opposed to frozen, which makes a huge difference. I know because uh, when you look at the comments on the website, Steve really does come out at top nationwide, literally. He's at the top of thousands of gluten-free places. It's not easy to do a good gluten-free pizza. Trust so, me, many I, people
5: have tried on this website there's over sixteen thousand one hundred restaurants and uh, i'm rated number one in the country
4: well excellent and,
5: and the owner of the website did contact me a couple weeks ago and said he's never seen any one restaurant in the united states with a customer base like mine that's so passionate about the ratings that i've been receiving and, uh, and he even made a comment on on face, his facebook account saying that uh, Michigan looks like it's the number one gluten-free pizza source uh, in the United States.
3: Wow, well that's that's quite a compliment and for anyone interested in that Guido's um, pizza um, again we are giving away a gift certificate courtesy of Guido's Premium Pizza of Okemos located at 1754 Central Park Drive. More information including an entirely gluten free menu can be found on www.guidospizza.com or by calling 517-347-3030 The Impact would like to thank Guido's Premium Pizza of Okemos for their continuing support. Again if you would like that gift certificate you can call at 517 432 Thank you very much, Steve and Bonnie, for coming in. Bonnie, for sharing your stories about celiac disease, and Steve, for educating us about Guido's Pizza in Alchemist. Thank you. Thank you.
0: You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public
6: service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station.
4: For
0: more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to The Impact Prime Time, where you can find a different
3: specialty show every night of the week.
7: Sunday nights, check out Sitter Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on The Impact.
3: Only on. Impact Primetime.
0: You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432 3893. And now back to Exposure.
3: Welcome back to Exposure. I'm your host, Emily Fox, and tonight we are dedicating the show to Michigan food companies. Uh, in the studio, I have Jared from Great Lakes Chocolate and Coffee Company. Welcome to the show.
8: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
3: Now, how did the Great Lakes Chocolate and Coffee Company begin?
8: Uh, in 2002, my brother got started uh, with another gentleman um, in the chocolate part of the business, and then shortly after we took over and real quickly we um, added the coffee. It's one of our favorites, chocolate and coffee, so it made sense.
3: Nice, and then you also um, have brewed some of the coffee before?
8: Yeah. Roasted, yes.
3: Roasted, yes. Yes,
8: I have. Um, before, when I was in Sturgis, where our original store is located, I helped with the roasting uh, usually every week.
3: Now, how how does the process of roasting, I mean, how, how does that happen?
8: It's, um, in a way, it's it's kind of simple. Um, uh, We use a drum roaster, a small batch drum roaster, and um, we just basically, uh, it's a drum that's rolling kind of like a cement mixer with a flame under it, and we pour the green beans in there and uh, it it, uh, warms up, gets very hot. I think the roaster is like 132,000 BTU, and um, it basically cooks them, and then um, we look at a lot of factors. We look at how long they're in there, we can adjust um, the temperature as we go. Um, the temperature and then there's some different signs that we pay attention to to make sure that we're getting the right roast
3: excellent yeah because I, I watched a video on your website um, you again for listeners out there you can go to the website greatlakeschocolate.com and they had a video of you roasting and i never realized that um, coffee beans are green before you put them in the roaster um, now how also do you get the different flavors of coffee does that come from the beans itself or during the roasting process
8: it comes from both um... Uh, The the flavor comes from the origin of the coffee, whether it's like in a South American coffee or an African coffee. They're grown in different soils, different conditions, so that affects the flavor, but also roasting. And as you roast, you can roast either a, a house roast, or well, we call it a house roast, but it's a light roast. That brings out a lot of the flavor and the characteristics from the different region. And then as you get into your darker roast, your medium and your darker roast, that takes away some of that character, but gives it a stronger Boulder flavor. So we, we roast all our beans, both uh, the light roast, the medium, and the dark, and that allows everybody that likes the different things to try the different, different flavors.
3: And what's your favorite flavor?
8: Well, I really like the house roast because it really brings out the characteristic in the bean, and I would say mostly the South American coffees are my favorite
3: excellent and and I was always wondering, how can coffee be decaffeinated? Do you know that process at all?
8: I do just a little bit there's a few different ways there's um some ways that use chemicals, and we never purchase those those beans but basically, we use what's called a water process um real quick. they saturate water with um caffeine and flavor, and then they take that caffeine out of the water and they use that flavor saturated water uh... to process the coffee beans so that just the caffeine will come out and no flavor comes out hmm. that's a real simple i guess explanation away it's probably a little more complicated than that but yeah
3: now we've been talking a lot about coffee here but also what kind of chocolate products do you have at the great lakes chocolate and coffee company
8: we have all kinds of chocolate i think close to a hundred different chocolates we have chocolate covered nuts um, dark chocolate almonds are probably our favorite most popular sour we have chocolate covered raisins uh, michigan cherries which are really popular then we have like the creams and the caramels and the peanut butter meltaways. aways um, One of the most popular with ladies is truffles, so when men are in trouble, that's usually <laughs> what they come in for.
3: <laughs> right. Um, and where is, where is your store located?
8: We are located on 500 East Michigan Avenue. It's right across from Lugnut Stadium.
3: And you and that's a pretty new store.
8: That's a new store. That's our third store. We have a store in Sturgis, Michigan, a store in Ann Arbor, and then a store in Lansing. We've been there for about a year in August.
3: Excellent. And do you guys put on events at all?
8: Once in a while we do have, um, we have music uh, Monday nights and uh, sometimes on Saturday nights once in a while we'll have a, a music.
3: Well, excellent. Well, thank you so much, Jared, for coming in and educating us on the Great Lakes Chocolate and Coffee Company. Again, for our listeners, uh, you can go to their website, greatlakeschocolate.com. Thank you very much. Thanks, Emily.
0: You're listening to Exposure on
2: 88.9 The Impact.
3: For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to The Impact Primetime, Prime Time. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week.
7: Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, The Impact's progressive torch Only and twang, twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music.
3: Only on
0: Impact Primetime. Prime You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432 389 and now, back
3: to Exposure. Welcome back to Exposure. I'm your host, Emily Fox, and on the phone I have Barb from Plainville Farms, which is a part of the Hain Pure Protein, um, and they sell organic turkeys to um, stores such as Goodrich ShopRite here in East Lansing, as well as Foods for Living, which is located in Okemos. Um, welcome to the show, Barb. Well, thank you. Pleasure. Um, now, what... Now, is is your turkey um, organic? I know you, you... There's. I was looking at your website, and you know, you feed the turkeys. You know, there's there's no hormones in there, and um, they they have a um, very healthy diet. Now, what does that what considers it um, to be organic turkey? No,
9: what what really makes um, well, let me let me give your audience a little bit of background here. Uh, Plainville Farms raises um, antibiotic-free turkeys, and they also raise turkeys that are antibiotic-free, that are certified organic. But in order to be certified organic, um, there are a lot of steps involved. Um, First of all, the turkeys um, must never, ever be administered any antibiotics. The turkeys must be vegetarian-fed, so they're on a Uh, a diet that's free of any animal byproducts. They are uh, humanely raised. There are no growth hormones, uh, no added growth hormones are administered to the turkeys. Um, But the most important factor in making a turkey organic is that the feed itself is certified organic. Um, So that's the real key to being an organic turkey. But even over and above that, in order for the turkey to be certified organic, they are also free range. So there are actually a lot of factors that go into certifying a turkey is organic. Everything from the feed to how they're raised—it, um, all those things take. Um, are important factors. And
3: you're, you're talking about the feed and I'm wondering how much that influences the turkey in general because I was reading on your website that Plainville Farms turkey has 30% fewer calories and 70% less fat per serving than the standard listed um, for turkey by the USDA. And now now how is that? Is that because of the feed that you that you do feed the turkeys? E-
9: exactly, exactly. I mean as we all know we, we are what we eat and so holds true for for turkey. I mean, as I said, um, none of our turkey is fed any animal byproducts, so uh, being that the turkeys, per se, are vegetarians, that all comes through in uh, in the nutrition of the turkey meat itself.
3: Now, uh, how are most turkeys that land on Thanksgiving tables raised?
9: oh boy Con- conventional oh, wow conventional turkeys that let's let's say the typical turkey that you might see uh in your retail stores now that you know might be selling out there for 39 cents 49 cents a pound uh those turkeys are conventionally grown and um what what Plainville Farms does that's different than the conventional commodity type turkeys is that we provide our our, our turkeys uh, much more space to roam in the buildings. They don't they do not live in crowded conditions. Um, they're also once again it's our the vegetarian uh, feed that we give them, as opposed to the commodity turkeys that are given animal byproducts. Uh, conventional turkeys also are administered antibiotics throughout most of, of their life and um, we do not administer any anti- antibiotics at all.
3: Now, uh, why would a turkey need antibiotics just to keep it healthy?
9: Well, it, it's 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 done for a couple reasons in the conventional market. It's done to um, accelerate growth, for one, and, um, and also to prevent illness. But, you know, when turkeys are raised in crowded conditions, um, then, you know, you would have to administer antibiotics, you know, to, uh, to try to, you know, withhold any illness you know, from happening in the flock. Um, so whereby with Plainville, we provide them, you know, space to roam. And it's been almost 10 years now, Emily, that we have not had to use antibiotics at all in in raising our turkeys. I mean, we've we've got this down to a science. We were one of the first ones in the industry to... Uh, stop the use of antibiotics
3: well, uh, excellent
9: for for the turkeys and you know it 's just a, it's such a combination of, of things that we do, um, you know th- the humane conditions under which the turkeys are raised, um, and once again the feed and everything that I mentioned earlier, all of those things uh, that we do uh, really so You see the result in the food that you eat because the less stress that a turkey is, is, is under, the more moist and tender the meat will be. And that's ultimately what you see in the Plainville Farms turkey, whether it's our organic turkey or our antibiotic-free turkey.
3: Well, excellent. Well, thank you so much Um, on calling in and educating us about organic turkey and antibiotic-free turkey. Again, for our listeners, I'm talking with Barb from Plainville Farms from Hain Pure Protein. Uh, You can find the organic turkey and the uh, antibiotic turkey at uh, Foods for Living in Okemos or at Goodrich Shop right here in East Lansing. Thank you so much, Barb. Thank you so much, and happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye-bye now. Now, on the phone next, I have uh, Jason from Cherry Republic, and he's on the phone to educate us about uh, Michigan's cherries. Welcome to the show. Hi, Emily. Hi. Um, Now, I I hear that that Michigan is one of the biggest producers of cherries in the U.S.
6: Actually, it's one of the largest uh, cherry-producing areas in the entire world. In the world, okay. Yeah. Um, Up in uh, our area, there's probably a five-county area in northern Michigan. um, We're the single largest tart cherry producing uh, region in the world, we produce stuff. Tarts are really good for things like pies and jams and dried cherries and other items like that. So it's a really great um, agricultural center for uh, that type of fruit, that type of industry.
3: Now, is, is, is it the climate of northern Michigan that makes um, the tart cherries um, you know, a good place to be grown?
6: Yeah, what you need, you need the lakes, um, to kind of keep, uh, keep it, the temperatures moderate in the middle of the winter. So those areas right along the lakeshore, shore, uh, Leelanau County and Benzie County and from, uh, they benefit from having Lake Michigan, which keeps it, uh, kind of a little bit warmer in the wintertime and then also gives us a really late spring. Um, which keeps the cherry trees from budding too early mm-hmm. in the season um, and getting a, a frost that would damage so cherry trees benefit by having a real late, uh, real late spring, real late bloom. Um If we get that, then we end up having a, a really nice cherry season up here. and the other factor um, is the sandy soil. They need a lot of drainage um, and uh, you know a, a lot of sandy type soils um, for the trees to grow well so.
3: now what kind of, what kind of products do you sell at Cherry Republic?
6: And we have everything. We're uh, we are a big cherry company, so we have like 175 different products, from salsas to jams, barbecue sauces, dried cherries, chocolate covered cherries. Um, I sound a little like Happy Gilmore when I go through <laughs> this, um, or uh, I should say Forrest Gump. Yeah,
3: Forrest Gump. Yeah. Um,
6: but the uh, uh, going through our list, I mean, we we pretty much um, try and do anything we can uh, with a cherry, and it's. It's actually a unique fruit in that um, when you ask people to think about what a tart cherry tastes like, uh, it's hard for them to really explain that. You know, everyone has oranges or apples, and they know exactly what that is. But tart cherries are a little bit different. They're a unique fruit in that they're not that sweet. They have a lot of acid. Um, and so what they do is they make a really good component and a good substitution or a good substitute ingredient into a lot of foods. So like our salsa, uh, we replace some tomatoes with cherries. And the cherries um, uh, give a nice acidic quality, like a tomato would in a salsa. So it actually works without being too strange, and uh, and yet they still have the nice aroma of uh, uh, you know cherries, and, and it gives kind of a nice bouquet of food. So. Um, we find that it's a it's a great fruit to try and make different foods out of.
3: Yeah, and um, I went to Australia the summer to visit some family, and um, we stopped at the Michigania store and the Detroit airport, and they had the Cherry Republic uh, chocolate covered cherries, and I gave them to my aunt. And um, her being from Australia, she I don't think that they have anything like that. And she's like, "Oh, this is just beautiful. This is just <laughs> beautiful," and she That's loved great. it.
6: That's one of our, actually one of our biggest outlets is, is that Detroit Airport. We're really proud to have our product there. And, uh, and man, you're talking, you're talking what's so common. We, um, you know, one of, one of the things we do in the fall, uh, is we load up, you know, trucks right around, know, they'll drive down to different, uh, uh, towns in the south. In fact, I was in Houston last week where we'll set up a booth at a gift show and we'll sell, um, cherries in Houston and we'll sell tons and tons of cherries. Uh, to these regions of the country that that don't have them. I mean, here in Michigan, uh, you know, we're kind of spoiled by having little cherry stands in the summertime almost all through the state where people can stop and buy that quart of cherries, but it's really a northern fruit, and they're really uh, a fragile fruit and volatile, and they're not fresh for very long. So most areas of the country, they've never had tart cherries, or they've never had them um, outside of you know, another jam maker potentially. Uh, and so when we bring our products down, we have this big selection of things, they're really amazed by all the different things they can do and the different uh, components of the flavor. They go, man, I, I, boy, I've never tried something like this before. So it is, it is kind of a neat, a neat product to work with um, for our company.
3: So besides having um, the Cherry Public Store in Glen Arbor, Michigan, um, I, and then I also noticed that it's, you know, in stores like Michigania, um, what other stores do you sell your products to?
6: You know, fortunately, we've had a, a really nice, um, uh, growth spurt here for our company over the last couple of years. Uh, we've, we've added, uh, more of our own locations than anything else. We, we opened a store in downtown Traverse City, uh, and then this summer we opened one in, in Charlevoix. And those are right in the middle of the heart of, of Cherry Country for us. Um, and so we get a lot of tourists that come up and, and visit our stores. And most of our wholesale outlets, um, are actually up north too. So we'll sell to other, you know, farm markets and stores and, and specialty, uh, shops, uh, in northern Michigan. And, and I, and we have them in, uh, you know, in other areas, um, across the state. We have some nice, uh, um, relationships. Uh, actually I think you guys are talking to Grand Traverse Pie, uh, here on your show tonight and we do, uh, we make a couple products for them, um, that they put on their sandwiches as, as condiments sort of thing. So, um, you know, we've been really fortunate to work with. People in our area and get our name out there over the last couple of years.
3: So you say that you've actually been expanding your stores because I was wondering since you know your your products are kind of I guess you know gourmet like and it's and it's local um, supporting the local economy and seeing Michigan as how it is um, especially this past year. Um, did your company suffer at all?
6: I'll tell you what you know what, what, if uh, if someone were to visit our our, our, our locations. We try and really capture um Michigan as a whole, you know, um our 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 tasting rooms, our our retail stores, our cafe, uh everything about them um, is, is Michigan Michigan made. You know, the, the stones that we have on our property, we have big field stones from a quarry in the UP, the timbers we do to build our buildings are all uh you know, local Michigan things. We try and do as much packaging and, and use other purveyors to help us with some of our products that we can. Um, And we really try and and give people a true Michigan experience when they come to our stores. And, and frankly, we feel like uh, customers have really responded, and and they really get behind us as supporting that local business. Um, You know, uh, we have been truly fortunate to have the support that we've had um, in the last year and a half. Uh, We feel like, you know, we've been actually in a growth uh position over the last uh two years and it's and it's um been because people are supporting Michigan more than they're supporting us and so um, you know we're real proud proud to be a uh you know kind of a uh, a good um a good example of what a Michigan product can be.
3: You know. and, and also your location, your main location in Glen Arbor. Um, I've I've had the fortune to be able to visit up there, and oh, and it's just it's just a great location because you have the the sand dunes right there, um, you know, overlooking you know, kind of there's a lake area and everything, um, kind of by the Trevor's area, and it's just just beautiful.
6: Well, I live up here, so, you know, for me, it's, uh, it, it's, it's again, uh, fortunate is the best way to describe it. We've been really lucky, um, one, to be in, in the right place and, and to have the support, um, of the people that we've had. We're, we're in a great community and in a great farming community. I mean, really, um, you know, uh, we are here because we are in an agricultural rich area and, um, and we try and, you know, we try and make a premium product, uh, to, um, to show, you know, what the best is of what our local farmers are growing up here. So, you know, yeah, I mean, it's 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 really a fantastic place, place to come visit. You know, if you stop by us, it's great. You know, but uh, it's just a really nice area.
3: And and to my final question for you is, what is your favorite Cherry Republic product?
6: Oh man, <laughs> we have a uh, we have a. a, a Chocolate covered cherry nut mix, and it's got uh, almonds and cashews and chocolate covered cherries and milk chocolate. It's great. I never get tired of it. Um, Unfortunately, uh, I've gained a few too many pounds from snack, (laughs) 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 which happens. So, uh, if that was it, that'd be the one for me.
3: Well, it'd be a wonderful. Treat for the holidays. Well, thank you so much, Jason, for calling in and and educating us about Cherry Republic. For more information about Cherry Republic and their products, you can visit CherryRepublic.com. Thank you so much.
0: Hey, thanks a lot, Emily. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. and now, back to Exposure.
3: Welcome back to Exposure. I am your host, Emily Fox. And on the phone, I have Mike, who is the co-founder of the Grand Traverse Pie Company. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Emily. Thank you for having me.
3: Now, tell me a little bit about the history of your company and your involvement in it.
1: Okay. Um, well, the Grand Traverse Pie Company, my wife, Denise, and I uh, founded the company, opened it up uh, up here in Traverse City in July of 1996. And... Uh, we're both Michigan natives. I'm a Lansing guy, and Denise is from Kalamazoo. And we met at Michigan State back in the 70s. And um, when we graduated in 1980, the, the job market was a lot like it was today. and There weren't a lot of opportunities here. So we moved to the West Coast and um, and started our careers. I was in aerospace, and Denise was in medical sales. Um, but we always had the dream of of coming back home. To Michigan, and it took us a little longer than we thought. Got got involved in our careers, and uh, we were out there about sixteen years. But we still um, still never lost the the passion for Michigan. And uh, just after uh, randomly visiting a pie shop out in the mountains east of San Diego, where we lived, and just falling in love with that that little business and how it interacted with the community, we thought, can we do that? Can we do a you know, a small business of our own in Traverse City. So we started doing some research in, in um, uh, you know, making a business plan. And then problem was we didn't know how to bake a pie, so that was another <laughs> important element, having some technical skills. And we the the woman who owned the pie company out there agreed to train Denise and I and so we went out there and put on aprons and assessed the situation decided it sounded like it was a lot of or felt like it was a lot of fun and off we went so we opened our doors in July of 96 moved the family mom and grandma moved back the kids <clears throat> started a family business in downtown Traverse City so that's the that's the abbreviated version
3: and I've I've had the chance to uh, taste some of those pies, and they are just excellent. I love the crumble crust on the top, and uh, it's just just delightful.
1: Well, thanks. It's it's something that, from a business standpoint, we, we realized uh, if you're going to be doing something, uh, you need to be uh, at the top of the of the the. the the heap in terms of quality in terms of service and experience for any business to survive no matter if you're in the retail food or whatever you've got to be uh, not only perceived as best but actually being the best every day so thanks for the compliment we we strive to make our pies as, as much like homemade uh, as you know make grandma proud is what we'd like to do
3: and over 90% of the gr- ingredients used in your pies come from Michigan growers and businesses
1: the, um, the number that we're that we've calculated is over 95 percent of our purchases come from Michigan businesses. Okay. Um, now some of those businesses make purchases from out of the state. What we can say is that all of our apples, all of our cherries, all of our blueberries, all of our flour, all of our sugar, uh... and we bought all of the strawberries that were processed this year. We try to buy peaches when they're in season. So we we seek out and and, and try to purchase as much. Uh, I mean. As as Jason from Cherry Republic was saying, we live in a wonderful state, and and our agricultural bounty is just incredible. And so we, like the folks at Cherry Republic, we want to celebrate that in in all of our pies. Whenever we can find a Michigan ingredient, that's what we're going to use, because it's the right thing to do, but also because it's the best, frankly. You know, the, the flour, we've tried many different flours. We've tried different sugars. We've tried different blueberries but you know we were confident that the Michi- we produce in our state the best the best agricultural products for our pies
3: and um you were um promoting proudly made in Michigan it, it was either this year or last year and i was asking um uh jason from the cherry republic if since um it's it's based in michigan um and you're and you're basing it on local businesses um you know, it has have have has your company struggled, or um, let's say the cherries that you may have buy, you know bought from to make your pies been struggling at all?
1: Well, there's a, there's a couple things happening there. Uh, the farmers are doing their job; they are producing wonderful product. Their cherry crop this year was huge. The folks like us, the folks selling the cherries, you know, the farmers are growing it, and we're in a partnership. You know, we buy from them, and then we sell. We need to sell more cherries. We collectively, the folks that buy from the farmers, and we're talking cherries specifically here, same with apples, um, they are having the agricultural growth in this state was almost double-digit if it wasn't last year. That's something you don't hear much about, um, the, that the agricultural bounty and the output is, is going up. We just need to, as the marketing end of the whole system, we need to sell more not just us, but whoever, whether it's cherry juice from Cherry Republic or cherry pies from us. Uh, let's find more. These are wonderful fruits. They're good for you. They taste great. Let's find more uses for them. And so that's what we're, we're trying to do As we, we have 17 pie shops now. We have one down in East Lansing, one in Okemos. So our level of, of utilization of Michigan agricultural products has gone up over the years to where we're utilizing over a million pounds of agricultural products from Michigan. We're pretty proud of that, and we want to grow that.
3: And, and also, I found interesting that um, your pies are made from scratch daily with no preservatives.
1: Correct. We, we basically each pie shop makes the pies every day, and we sell them. So there's no need to preserve them because it's just like Grandma didn't want to preserve a pie until next week. She baked it and served it up, and you ate it. And that's that's the philosophy we have. Come on in and watch our bakers bake the pies, and have a slice with lunch. And while you're having a cup of coffee, you know, that's, that's, you're welcome, folks are welcome to do that, but it's, it's a fresh product. It's not, we're not making this product to be shipped somewhere and stored and sold three months from now. So there's no need for preservatives.
3: Well, excellent. Well, thank you, Mike, so much for calling in. Um, again, theres uh, he has a shop here in East Lansing, one in Okemos. Uh, they offer breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, for menus and other information about the Grand Traverse Pie Company, you can go to gtpie.com. Thank you so much, Mike, for calling in and educating us on the Grand Traverse Pie Company.
1: You're welcome, Emily. Thanks for having me.
3: Thank you. And up next on the phone, we have Noah from American Spoon uh, to talk about this Michigan company, since uh, this impact exposure is, going, is dedicated to Michigan food companies since Thanksgiving is just around the corner. Welcome to the show, Noah.
10: Hi, Emily. How are you doing?
3: Good. How are you doing?
10: Good. Thanks for having me on the program.
3: Well, tell, tell me a little bit about um, how the American Spoon uh, began here in Michigan.
10: Well, American Spoon uh, was founded about 28 years ago uh, by my father, Justin Rashid, and um, He had uh, been an actor in New York and uh, moved up to northern Michigan with my mom after giving up his career in the theater uh, and started a little uh, roadside food stand um, uh, and really was kind of a forager himself uh, and loved to bring uh, native foodstuffs to his customers in northern Michigan. Uh, And that little business connected him with uh, a young woman who was a waitress in New York working for an up-and-coming chef uh, whose name was Larry Joan, Uh And he was really in the process of rediscovering uh, the American culinary landscape. And uh, this woman, Roberta Kern, introduced my father to Larry Forgione, And they really shared a passion um, for food uh, and together had the idea to, uh, to make fruit preserves. At the time, there were really no good domestic fruit preserves. So using West Michigan Fruits uh, and Larry's recipe, uh, they, they went to work making jam, uh, and the rest is, is kind of history. Uh, but, but that's how it began.
3: Now, what's the difference uh, between jelly, jam, and preserves?
10: That's a, that's a question we're asked quite frequently. Uh, jelly is made with fruit juice. Uh, a jam is made with a crushed fruit. And fruit preserves are really made with whole fruit. So if you're eating a, a high-end preserve, uh, there will be a lot of integrity to the, to, the, to the product. You'll have big chunks of whole fruit. And that's the kind of product we like the
3: most. And is all the fruit used um, in your products from Michigan? The vast
10: majority of, uh, of the fruits that we use are from Michigan, of course, uh, you know, we developed an affection for for mangoes, and they regrettably don't uh, uh, grow in Traverse City. And we, we make some delicious fig products, uh, and of course, those figs don't come from Michigan. But uh, yeah, generally speaking, if it grows in Michigan, uh, we're using Michigan fruits, and 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 better yet, frequently we're we're working directly with uh, Michigan fruit farmers who grow particular varieties of fruits that we really prize for their flavor. Uh, so. Uh, our strawberry preserves aren't just made with any old strawberries they're made with michigan early glow strawberries our peach preserves are made with michigan red havens we use michigan damson and plums and northern spy apples michigan rubel blueberries and the list really goes on but yeah we're really devoted to michigan fruits
3: now is it mostly preserves that you sell or do you sell other products as well
10: we have quite a broad variety of products that we make We we got started making preserves and that's kind of our our, our bread and butter, so to speak, those are the products that uh, we're, we're most proud of. Um, but we make a, a broad variety of really wonderful products, including fruit salsas, a wonderful cherry peach salsa. Um, we make great grilling sauces, relishes, condiments. Uh, we began making gelato uh, a number of years ago now that we uh, make right downtown in Petoskey at a little cafe that we opened on the park. Um, so, yeah, we, 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 we cover the gamut.
3: And I've, um, also been able to visit your store in Petoskey. I have a cottage nearby. And, um, I remember being, um, on that, you know, main strip of Petoskey where all the shops are. The
10: Gaslight District. The
3: Gaslight District. That's right. And, um... You know where I'm kind of you know with with you know some guys some girls okay where where do the girls want to go where do the guys want to go and we could all agree in American Spoon <laughs> we, it's great to hear. we yeah. get there and then you have all the different tasting things what is this cherry barbecue <laughs> sauce and this weird salsa that has fruit in it and you yeah. have to try this and we're probably in there for like 45 minutes or so oh, but that's good. trying all the different um, varieties and and strange combinations that you have
10: well those tasting tables are a really important part of what we do when we first. Uh, uh, got started. It was people were kind of mystified by this this little jam shop that had opened up, and uh, uh, getting them to taste our products was was a really important part of our success. You know, tasting is always is always the true test, and uh, uh, we we really love that people can come in and taste and share their thoughts with us, and it's kind of the bedrock of our of our operation.
3: Now, what do you think your strangest product is? Combination of different fruits and things like that. Oh wow! You know, uh, I
10: don't know. We, I think, I think uh, mango habanero salsa is kind of interesting. We make a, a pineapple chili barbecue sauce. Um, apple chipotle salsa is really uh, kind of different and delicious this time of year. We love to use apple chipotle salsa on pork tenderloin, or just. Uh, uh, with fresh avocados and chips. We also uh, make a really great uh, elderberry jelly, wild elderberry jelly that's made made with uh, foraged wild elderberries that's kind of unique these days. It used to be kind of a, a farm staple, but it's quite unique these days and very delicious.
3: Yeah, I was reading on your website, it says... Um Let's see here. The company has dozens of people across Michigan's low, uh, northern lower peninsula who forage local wild blackberries and wild elderberries, um, an almost forgotten fruit. Wild elderberries are uh, destemmed by hand, crushed, steamed, and uh, pressed in an antique cider press to make a purple black jelly that was once a favorite on midwestern farms. That's Little right, that's right. History of the day.
10: Yeah, it's quite a it's quite a process. It's a fun time of year uh, when when folks start coming in with. Pounds and pounds of elderberries, and uh, and the the folks in our kitchen always give us a hard time when it's time to press those elderberries because they walk away with purple-stained hands and aprons, and uh, it's quite a scene.
3: And um, American Spoon has had some um, award-winning products as well, haven't you?
10: Yeah, absolutely. Over the years, uh, you know, both my father and Larry are James Beard Award winners, which is kind of the the highest honor you can receive in the culinary world. The James Beard Awards are kind of like the, the culinary Oscars. Um, but certainly there's a, an association called the National Association of Specialty Foods. Um, our products have won gold awards there. We recently won the, the Gallo Award for the best artisanal condiment made in America. Um, so certainly we've, we've had our fair share of, of awards. We feel very lucky in that regard.
3: And uh, where are your stores located?
10: We have stores in Petoskey. Uh, Harbor Springs, Charlevoix, uh, Saugatuck, uh, Downtown Traverse City, uh, and the Grand Traverse Resort. And, of course, the cafe is right next door to our original store um, in Petoskey as
3: well. And what is your favorite product?
10: Oh, wow. I eat a lot of uh, Red Haven Peach Preserves and the Early Glow Strawberry Preserves. Those are my favorites.
3: Well, Noah, thank you so much for calling in and talking about American Spoon. For more information, you can go to their website spoon.com, and I'll also recommend going to uh, the Spoon blog. There was some beautiful, beautiful pictures, um, and you know, talking about going all over Michigan and um, you know, picking fruit and things like that. Um, yeah, that's
10: been a lot of fun. The new blog is really exciting.
3: Just I was just astonished by the pictures. They were beautiful. I just wanted to just want look at look at the blog forever, just just to escape. Oh,
10: that's great. To go to Northern Michigan.
3: And again, that's uh, spoon.com. Thank you so much, Noah, for calling in and educating us on American Spoon.
10: Pleasure talking to you. Thanks again.
0: Thanks. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact.
7: When you get up in the morning and turn on the radio, you don't want to hear those other guys talking on your way to work, do you? You don't want to hear talking. You want to hear music. So here at The Impact, we are making you a promise. We're calling it the More Music Mornings 89 Second Play.
3: Welcome back to Exposure. I'm your host, Emily Fox, and on the phone we have David from the Michigan Brewing Company to talk about uh, his company. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Now talk a little bit about the history of the Michigan Brewing Company.
10: Well, it was started in 1995 by Bobby Mason. It's kind of funny. I was listening to Mike from Grand Travers, and Michigan Brewing Company started uh, quite a bit the same way. Bobby and his wife, Denise, were out west uh, in Oregon and uh, stopped in, in a brew pub and enjoyed themselves, and Bobby said, hey, I can do this, and uh, came back to Michigan and started up Michigan Brewing Company.
3: And what types of beer are there that, that you guys offer?
10: Well, uh, throughout the year, Emily, we, we brew about 25 different, different types of beer. We brew everything from a, a light beer, a Pilsner style, um, uh, to a Russian Imperial style, which is a pretty heavy, dark beer, and everything in between. We offer uh, 16 beers on tap. All the time, and like I said, twenty-five throughout the year, in uh, uh, a rotating pattern based on the seasons.
3: Now, the impact um, we poured beer at the uh, blues, F- or yeah, the blues fest earlier this year in Old Town, and yeah. I also noticed that um, that that uh, Kid Rock has a beer that you guys brew. Um, that was yeah. a, that was a big favorite for them.
10: Yeah, good. That's uh, um, he uh, approached several uh, breweries in Michigan. And uh, basically kind of had a contest. He, went, he told the breweries what type of beer he wanted, and we went out. And that beer is uh, available at uh, throughout Michigan, um, as our, our other products are. We're actually available in nine, nine states right now. And Keter um, Ox beer is going pretty well.
3: And um, where is the beer distributed?
10: Well, it's distributed throughout Michigan. I don't know if uh, you're aware or not, or your listeners are aware, that the distribution um, uh, rules in Michigan, we have to sell to distributors. Beer companies sell to distributors. And it's the distributors that sell to the party stores and the restaurants and so forth where the customers buy uh, buy the beers. We are in nine different states right now, and uh, like I said, throughout Michigan.
3: Um, and And do you also brew the beer?
10: Me personally? No, I brew at home, though. And I'm glad you asked that question because we do have a home brewing store uh, in Michigan Brewing Company as well as a home winemaking store uh, that customers, um, you know, uh, come in and learn about brewing beer and uh, how not only we brew beer, but how they can brew beer at home.
3: And and how how do you brew beer at home?
10: Well, uh, much the same way as... They do it at the brewery, only on a smaller scale, of course. Um, brew, beer's been brewed pretty much the same way for about 3,000 years. Um, you take barley, which is a grain, of course. Um, it's malted, which means that it's, uh, it's um, allowed to just about germinate and then killed uh, through heat where the grain dies. That's where it has the most potential of energy, where the enzymes uh, are at their greatest capacity to make the sugars that, that are needed in the beer process. And it's uh, soaked in hot water that allows the enzymes to change the starches into sugars, which are later uh, used by the yeast to eat the sugars and produce carbon dioxide and alcohol, which we enjoy as beer.
3: And, um, and you also, uh, the Michigan Brewing Company also offers wine and spirits as well?
10: Yeah, we do. The uh, laws in Michigan changed um, within the past couple of years to allow businesses of our nature to to uh, make and uh, make wines and spirits, we don't we don't bottle nor distribute our wines, but we offer them uh, in our pub. Um, and the way we promote that, Emily, is to um, those are the those are the same wine kits that we sell in our store, and we promote that by saying, "Hey, you can make this at home," which you can, and uh, and we sell the kits there.
3: Excellent.
10: And as, as far as the spirits go, we sell those by the bottle in our pub as well.
3: And um, does the Michigan Brewing Company offer, also offer tours and programs at the at the brewery?
10: Yes, we offer tours every day, just show up. There's not really a schedule or anything. And um, uh, periodically we'll offer uh, uh, um, beer-making classes, and uh, there's also distilling classes that are offered uh, probably about two or three times a year.
3: Okay. And um, what, is, what is your favorite Thanksgiving beverage? Gravy. Gravy? <laughs> I'm, just,
10: I'm just kidding. No, uh, we, we, make, uh, we make a spiced pumpkin beer that's, that's really good. It actually has real pumpkin and six different spices in it, and it uh, you know, can be found at your local grocery store uh, this time of year.
3: And, and where do you distribute to? I know that, that the Michigan Brewing Company is based in Weberville, but are there also right. different locations as well?
10: Yeah, well, our distributors are throughout the state. I think there's about 13 distributors that we have in Michigan. And um, it's best for your listeners to call their local distributor to find where our beer is available to them.
3: Excellent. And then they can also go to your website, which is michiganbrewing.com. Thank you very much, David, for calling in and uh, talking about the Michigan Brewing Company. Thanks for having me. Have a great holiday. Yep, you too. And to finish up the hour, we have our Michigan Storytelling segment. Um, This week is uh, featured by Ashley Brown and her story called Orange. And if you have a story to tell, um, uh, please give me uh, or email me. My email is exposure at impact89fm.org. And thank you very much for tuning in and have a happy Thanksgiving.
2: Hi, my name is Ashley Brown. I am a journalism and English creative writing senior. This story was an in-class assignment in my journalism, literary journalism class, and it was about a color. You were assigned a color, and you had to basically tell why it was the best. Um, The winner got a parking pass, and yeah, I won. So here's orange. I'm the essence of sunlight. I bring life into all that grows and nourishes this earth. So bright and bold, my colors awaken you in the morning and tuck you in soundly at night. The heavens begin and end in my splendid array of tones, ranging from muted to brilliance in a single sun setting. I was once called the new pink, but that was never true, because I was always the newest me. The season of autumn is my catwalk, and I strut my latest collection up and down the outdoors with a fierceness unlike Beyoncé. You want me. You need me. Without my banging shades of bliss, your favorite holidays of Halloween and Thanksgiving would be nothing more than cheap candy and hated relatives. So please sit down and hold your applause, because my name is Orange, and I'm funky. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.